You're listening to the Job Interview Podcast. I'm Kristen Diane, your host, career coach, and content creator for all things small business, human resources, and recruiting. For more information on this episode, you can check out the show notes associated with this podcast or head over to thebossysauce.com. Welcome to the show. Let's go ahead and get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the interview project. Uh, anyways, I am Kristen Diane McDonald, your interviewer today. And I'd like to go ahead and introduce you to Maria, who will be our, our faux candidate, if you will, the interviewee. So Maria, I'd love for you to go ahead and just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Thank you, Kristen. Um, my name is Maria Ingham, and I am an HR professional who has experience being both a strategic partner as well as a tactical uh, attacker of HR um, for both disruptive startups as well as Fortune 500 companies. And I'm currently looking for a role um, that is very with a company that is very employee centric and places diversity and giving back to the community at the top of their values list even when it's not trending so hopefully this will help me get there thanks Kristen. yeah that's a good that's a good (laughs) that's a good thing to outline for sure yeah (laughs) so um so i just want to first outline what it is everybody is listening to this is the first uh episode of this podcast and uh so what is this what i i'm a recruiter um at heart and that's what i've done you know for the majority of my career is hr and recruitment and one of the things that i've come across uh, a lot is you know candidates really want feedback and some of the organizations i've worked in actually forbid pro- providing elaborate feedback or and a couple have even pro- have forbid it at all and, and the reason for that is there there's um there can be liability factors in that and then on top of that it, there can be time constraints to really being able to really go get in and really provide the feedback needed um and and really not being subject matter experts in necessarily like engineering or what have you there there are a lot of pieces um that are missed when it comes to providing candidates the tools that they need to grow and do better the next time so they can get the job that they really want uh and so what this is it's a mock interview so it is intended to be everything that a real interview would be. Uh, But at the end, what we get to do is actually dive into that critique and that feedback that we don't actually really get to do in our real world. So there is no actual job at the end of this, but the the goal is for it to actually be a learning experience and um, for both the, the interviewee in this process and anybody who's listening who wants to take nuggets and pieces of information from this. So anyways, uh, why I want to do this is I just, you know, I think this is another tool we can use in the recruitment and HR space to, to really help people um, find their dream job. So because this isn't a real interview, there are a few alterations and guidelines that we might need to follow. And I'll go over that now. I've already gone over these in advance with Maria, but um, I think it's important to also let the, you, the audience, also know what these are and kind of reiterate them before we start the process. So once the interview portion starts, there's no breaking the fourth wall or breaking character for questions or anything that we want to we want to pretend as much as we can that this is a real interview. Um, ask all the questions um, you know that you would in a normal interview, Maria, and I'll dig from my past or experiences or make up answers or dig from my theatrical time in high school if I need to. I want to keep it as authentic or as real as I can. Um, and uh, I will be asking the compensation question, which is the one question that's kind of, I, I debated on this for a little bit, but I thought that it was actually really important to keep this in. But what I want the audience to know is that I've asked Maria to provide a fake answer if she does provide a number. Um, the reason for that is we don't want to disclose that, you know, Maria's compensation expectations for an audience, but there are so many juicy pieces to this uh, compensation question and the answers that come out of it. So I just encourage whatever answer people normally give, if it is in the realm 
of not providing a number that I ask them that they do that as well. Uh, we won't be covering immigration. It's the only piece I'll leave out. That's just way too personal. Uh, and this will be a recruiter style interview. So I want to also reiterate that I'm not a subject matter expert in the sense of being a, you know, an engineering leader or, you know, for this interview, that's doesn't, doesn't, that's not the case because Maria happens to be in the same space that I'm in. But for the sake of kind of outlining that, this will be the, I guess, the gatekeeper interview, this, the typical first step. Um, the interview piece shouldn't be more than 20 minutes long, which might be trimmed a little bit shorter. That's really just because I don't want the podcast to be immensely long. So I might try to guide the interview to an end if it seems to be kind of running a little bit longer. And lastly, I just ask that, uh, Maria, that you, you know, be honest. I want this to be as real of a process as possible and uh, so that we can get as much value out of it as possible. And so to set the stage, um, Maria has sent me her resume in advance and we've discussed the job that she'll be that she's interested in. We've crafted that um, experience and I've uh, sent her a job description and uh, something that she'd be interested in applying to. We've also I've also sent her a URL to a company that actually exists. And we're not going to disclose that company to the audience. It's a really good tool for Maria and I to have this as a an imagination piece. So we have something that actually is tangible and exists. But for the sake of it really not being fair, since I am making things up as I go, and I I don't really work at the company and that's just really not fair to represent that company in that way. So we won't be disclosing the company name to you, um, but we will we will call the company XYZ company anytime we, we reference the company. So going on to the job description, uh, I'll include it on the Bossy Sauce website under the interview project uh, whenever it, uh, the podcast episode gets posted if anybody's curious about reading the details. and. The job title for this position is Senior Human Resources Manager. The company is a large entertainment company, and it's located in the Los Angeles area, and it's owned by a very large broadcasting company. You might be able to use your own logic, but we can't really <laughs> completely get you there. Uh, so anyways, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to get started. So Maria, are you are you ready? Ready and willing. Let's go. <laughs> awesome. I, I love it. Let's do it. Okay. So mind my fake ring noise, but <laughs> okay. Ring, ring. Hello, this is Maria. Awesome. Hi, Maria. This is Kristen with XYZ Company. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm great, Kristen. How are you doing? Good, good. Is this still an okay time for us to chat for a minute? Oh, yes. This is great. Awesome. Well, I've been really looking forward to this. I, you know, I got a lot of applicants for the role and uh, there were some things that really stood out on your resume that were really enticing to me to speak to you. So I really liked how you managed a team of up to five. I really could see that that could that this role could grow into being uh, a larger team and you process immigration, which is getting increasingly harder. So I, I've been really mm. excited to, to speak to you and I just wanted to let you know that. Um, and I just want to go ahead and dive in and tell you about the role. Does that sound like a good place to start? Yeah, that sounds great. Great place to start. Awesome. Okay. So this is a senior HR manager role and it'll be supporting, uh, employees, not only in the LA office, but actually along the West coast. And, uh, you know, especially because a lot of employees are becoming remote or at least temporarily remote as, you know, the COVID world is kind of unfolding. Uh, it's going to be really important for this person to come on board and establish relationships and get a quick understanding of the team dynamics and workflows so they can help derive solutions to optimize on that front. And this person will be supporting two teams within the product space. So that'll be totaling around 80 employees. Mm -hmm. And that's alongside an HR coordinator that this person would manage. Okay. Uh, they will be reporting into the director of HR and uh, work on a global HR team of around 20 people or so. And okay. that's not an yeah, that's not including the talent acquisition team too, which is about the same size. So it's a pretty large team. And sounds um, great. <laughs> awesome, great. Uh, and 
so I, I'm just going to dive in and, and I'd love to hear, I've been talking for a minute, so I just love to hear a little bit about you. So if you could paint the picture of your ideal next job, what would that look like to you? That's a great question. Um, well, one of the reasons why I said that team sounds awesome is because I have had my share of time as a department of one um, and have found that right now is really the time for me personally to leave that and challenge myself by going onto a team and really um, being in a place that's established. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you look at my, my experience, which we'll get into, um, the startup world is a lot of building, a lot of executing, which is great, but I'm really ready to go into a structured role where I can share my experience, make things better, improve, you know, improve processes and really build relationships and focus on the tasks at hand. Um, and I'm really, really excited because this role really speaks to that for me. Great. Thank you. And have you had a chance? Uh, so I know you, you, it sounds like you have read the job description. Is that mm -hmm. accurate? Yes. Awesome. Yes. And so um, you have outlined a little bit of that. So what, is there anything else that has really stood out to you about the job description or this particular company that that's really enticing to you? Well, I mean, first of all, XYZ is so just well known. Um, it's an entertainment company that I watch all the time. Um, and so that being said, being a part of that dream and that, that, um, you know, especially in this time of COVID, um, being a part of a, a place that gets to entertain people and really work on, you know, providing that for people would be really, really great. But also just being the support for the people who are doing that work is the most important thing to me. I want to make it so that people who come to work only have to focus on the work at hand. They don't have to worry about immigration issues. They don't have to worry about their benefits. They don't have to worry about employee relations. So hopefully for me, I can be that team member that comes along and really makes it easier for everyone at the company, um, regardless of which position they're in. Great. Um, and so when you join a new organization in an HR role, mm -hmm. what are the things that you do first? That is a great question. Um, first, I love to look at organization charts. I know that sounds very nerdy, um, but it really helps me understand the layout of the company itself. Um, I also just really think it's an important way to build relationships um, and understand where and how everybody interacts. Um, I also love to just get a handle on what's being done in the company. So the ways I evaluate that is looking at personnel files, you know, looking at the employee handbook, but really most of all, it comes from talking to people and connecting with the leaders of the teams that I work with. So that's sort of my starting point. And then it, it, goes, um, it goes on from there. Uh, really hoping to get a lot of that information through HR orientation, but also knowing that a lot of that will be the homework that I have to do as well. Awesome. And tell me about a time when someone essential to the organization departed and how you handled it. Hmm. I have been, I have been a part of several of these being in HR, obviously. Um, sometimes I'm even in the room when this happens. So, you know, for me, it's very important. Communication is key. Now, while it is very much the case to not reveal why the person left unless they want to share that information, it is essential to let people know that that person has left. When me main members or, you know, essential partners of the company leave, that feeling that they just disappear is very disconcerting to people with good reason. So for me, I really like to communicate a lot um, around the separation or the, the, the leave of the, the departure of the person, but also, you know, reassure people and talk to their team if they were reporting or if they were directing a team, how can we make their transition easier? What do we need to let them know? Um, and that can range from everything from letting them know who's going to be their, their direct manager to um, you know, really just being a listening ear for them in their concerns. A lot of the time, and especially in HR, the most important 
one of the key parts of being in HR is letting people vent and talk to you about what's going on in their lives. And so that's really where I take that skill and let them have that time um, in order to process the departure. Great. Uh, and, and then when it comes to, they'll tell me a time about a time when you push back on the organization. <laughs> I've also experienced this. Um, you know, I, I think compliance is really important as much as the human element is important. Uh, compliance is also very important. And I won't speak to which company in my past right now, but uh, there have been times where the law is not necessarily in line with the, the goals of the company, um, or more often than not, the understanding, <clears throat> excuse me, the understanding or the, um, the, the understanding of the law or the ability to comprehend uh, what the law actually means isn't clear to the, to the employer. And so, you know, for me, it's really important to explain, you know, even though this sounds like working people, let's take working, an example of uh, is overworking people beyond the 40 hours without paying them overtime. This is a big no-no for obvious reasons, but you know, being able to articulate the reason why, and then also, um, you know, offering an alternative, maybe coming in, having people split shifts, or um, paying them overtime, or trying to, uh, you know, ex add an extra day, um, but then add an, you know, give them a comp day in return, something to that effect that's within legal reason. Um, would be a great, it was a great solution for us. Um, and so that's sort of where I want to be able to come in and ex articulate the law and make sure that we're doing things that are uh, in order. That's really when I start to push back. If anything infringes um, on, you know, values or laws, that's really when my, my red flags go up and I have to say something. And I'm not afraid to do that because when it comes down to it, HR is neither on the side of the company nor the employee. It's on the side of the law and what's what's the best practice around that law. Ooh, I like that. That's <laughs> Thanks. no, that's true. A lot of a lot of companies don't recognize that. They think that you're on their side and then the employees right. think that you're on their side. And, yes. and <laughs> yeah. And I mean you're kind of a little on all all of it, but at the end of the day, you're really on the side right. of what's right. Yeah. Um, right, exactly, exactly. I heard somebody say last night, actually, Kamala, Senator Kamala Harris uh, mentioned, she said, uh, you can fight my opinion, but you can't, the, the, the values are non-negotiable. And I love that because that's really, that spoke to me as far as what HR does. Hmm. I like that too. Okay, mm -hmm. great. Uh, and so what are your favorite things about working in HR and what are the things that, you know, you do, but you really don't like to do? <laughs> um, well, first and foremost, uh, as cheesy and as, you know, boring as it sounds, I love people. Um, but I like solving the problems around people, whether that's, you know, the employee relations where somebody is eating somebody else's lunch, which has happened, <laughs> or, <laughs> or coaching a manager into giving out a, you know, their first performance improvement plan to, uh, you know, a, a person that's maybe not doing well. Um, all of those aspects, figuring out how the problems need to be solved. That's what I love about HR. And that's what I get to do uh, pretty much every day. <laughs> Lucky I get to do that. Um, the things I, I, don't love as much would have to include things around. Um, I will do them, but you know, reporting and auditing, it's not very fun to sit through. And this is something I've done in my past where we had to uh, evaluate each employee file. Um, and there were well over 5,000 people in the company. So, uh, you know, finding the right way to do it really helps. Um, knowing that I can't do it all on my own also really helps. So hiring a quick team, uh, but, but also, you know, being aware of the fact that 
what I do there will down the line help my, and make my job a lot easier, whether it's dealing, you know, making sure everybody has the right benefits or making sure that everybody has an I-9. Uh, uh, you know, either way, if I get those done and I get that cleaned up, then it allows for cool things like automation to happen um, or, you know, um, just a more, more efficient workflow to happen around new hires. Great. And tell me about a time when you had to handle an employee relations concern and the steps you took to resolve it and what the outcome ended up being. Yeah, that's, that is something that I have done before. Um, we actually had somebody that was clocking out outside of work, um, meaning they were already in their car on the way home when they were clocking out. Oh, no. And given that it was an hourly <laughs> operation site, you know, we began to notice uh, that this person wasn't at their desk. We got a few people complaining, you know, came to me and, and felt confident in me enough to tell me what was going on. Um, so I started to look at cameras. Uh, you know, luckily we had a great security system uh, and we were able to track, okay, this is when he actually left. This is when the clock, uh, you know, was, was when he clocked out and there's a discrepancy there. So really making sure, and also not being just lackadaisical about it and being like, oh, well, I saw it on video, so it has to be right. I still researched everything around it and, you know, any laws or any stipulations. I asked the person, I put them on a, on a you know, a suspended pay, uh, time of suspension with pay. Um, and then I eventually had to terminate them. And so for me, that was really important because it took, you know, my value side, uh, the legal side, and also the human aspect of what HR does and blended them all together to create the result. And, you know, had there been a mistake and he not clocked out or, you know, I would have admitted that there was a fault in the system and tried to fix it as well. So, you know, I think being open to, to doing what's right and what's in line with the law and values is the most important part of that. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Believe me, there were, there were others. When I said about the, the lunch thing, oh. that was also another great time. But, you know, I think overall, it's just, people are not perfect and, and working with what you have is the most important part of that, you know, and, and trying to make people better. You know? Yeah. So. I mean, there's a reason why your job exists. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me about your experience of managing up. Yeah. So I think that we see that a lot with startups because oftentimes there are great passionate people um, that, you know, are managing others um, that might need a little bit of more experience in managing. Uh, believe me, I, I also need that. <laughs> um, but I think for me, it was it's really key to be accountable myself. So first and foremost, starting with me and the things I knew I could change, um, taking that information. And if I asked my boss for something on Monday and I still did not get it by Wednesday when she had promised it to me on Tuesday, then you know, knowing that I would need to go in and, you know, remind her gently via email or in person um, and really stay, you know, on the ball and not let that get into our, not make it personal, but realizing that, oh, this person also has a bunch of balls in the air. This, you know, benefits and um, uh, invoice isn't necessarily as important to her. But I need to her to know that it is really essential for what I need to do in cleaning up the benefits, for example. Um, and that's interdepartmental too. So really not being afraid to know what it is exactly that I want, but also knowing uh, how the best way to go about and getting it, um, whether the person you're working with is a numbers person, like the finance team, and they like to see everything in writing you know, bulleted statements typically, um, or if it's better to just go have a conversation with the, um, you know, head of marketing because they're better at the marketing. They're better at talking and, and really knowing how to best 
approach the person that you're working or you're trying to manage up. And I think too, just documenting everything. HR is <laughs> built and will die by documentation. So um, knowing that I am keeping track of what it is I'm asking for, but also not being afraid to write that down, make sure that I have it in my notes and make sure that they understand why it's important for me to have whatever I need to have. Um, a great way I've prevented things from getting too lost in the ethers would be to just have one weekly one-on-ones. And I try to insist on that with all of my managers. Um, and while it is a little bit time consuming, there's always the opportunity to cancel it if there's nothing pressing, but it's also a really great arena for me to speak up and address what I need in order to be successful. Great. I'm going to give you a very, very specific scenario. And okay. it's actually something because I happen to be in um, in the HR space that this is kind of half sure. real and half concocted. So, um, <laughs> okay. So, because it's kind of a, a little bit of a variation of what we were just talking about. But let's say mm -hmm. that you needed a signature from your boss. Um, and mm -hmm. benefits enrollment deadline to have it for open enrollment was coming up and you were switching vendors. And mm -hmm. your boss was about ready to leave on a off the grid vacation. Uh, and you have been, you know, kind of being gentle about reminding and reminding. And then that day is coming and they haven't signed off and they've been really busy. And then you learn that they left the office. What do you do? Oh, First I cry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I we all have been in we've all been in some situation yeah, like that. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean I think the first things first, right? Um, first I would find out if an electronic signature is the is acceptable by our vendor. And if it's not, then I would reach give my my manager a call and say, Where are you? I need a wet signature on this. Uh let's get this done. I will drive to meet you. I have done that before. I will do it again. Um, and I think lastly, you know, if there isn't any sort of leeway on the wet signature or the, the electronic signature approach, I would then ask my manager, you know, this is something that fell through the cracks. I apologize for not, you know, speaking up in time, but also, you know, is there somebody that can sign this in the meantime um, that I can approach here at the office, that would be a acceptable, um, you know, a signature to have and then go attack that person. Um, but I think it's really important to try to approach and see and know that there's more than one way to, I hate the saying, but to skin a cat um, because, you know, sometimes it you may be able to get that. Uh, I, I've been able to use an electronic signature um, there are other times where that won't stand and I will, you know, have to at, get the CFO signature instead. And that's okay. You, you're just trying your best. Um, I've re worked in a, a remote, uh, an office that was primarily remote and, you know, we had to sometimes get creative and sometimes I just had to have signing power. <laughs> so, um, you know, for me, I think that's really key in making the right choice and, and using the right approach to that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I um so I'm going to move right into logistics and the first thing that I like to go over is geography mm -hmm. and where we're located, where you're located and uh so we uh are in the Los Angeles area. It looks like you're in the Bay Area. Are you open and interested in a possible relocation? Uh yes, I am. Okay. And uh, given, let's say we get to the end and we present an offer and mm -hmm. we land on the you accepting an offer from us, about how long would you need to make a transition to the Southern California region? Oh, um, I think the, you know, as soon as possible, I would like to give myself at least, you know, I could, I could probably do it in three weeks, um, but you know, I can do it in two if I can work remotely and really, you know, be a little bit more um, flexible in my my time there. But I definitely want to get started and, and join the team as soon as possible. Great. And so I'm going to just dive into the doozy question that sure. all of your types <laughs> ask. 
Yeah. When it uh, when it comes to an annual salary for a full time role, can you tell me a little bit about what you're looking for? Sure. Um, I am looking for around starting around between seventy five and eighty thousand annual. Um, I would also, you know, that's definitely flexible. I know I've come from the startup space where, uh, you know, pay is is very generous. Um, so I, I do keep that in mind. And especially because it is a newer area of an industry for me, uh, that would be definitely negotiable, as well as looking at like the benefits packages, because honestly, right now, I hold 401ks and parental leave in very high regard. Um, and so really want to include that in my number as well. Great. Well, I think we fall about in range what you're looking for. And then I, mm -hmm. I think we're going to win you over a little bit more too, in the sense that our benefits are great. We offer a mm -hmm. uh, 6% uh, on your salary up to up to 6% of your salary and contributions mm -hmm. in the 401k, which is pretty top notch. And we also offer um, parental leave of up to 16 weeks. And that's, that's the same for, uh, for either we either parent, whoever is valued as the primary caregiver of the family. And, um, and then we also offer, you know, benefits that have to do with wellness and health and, you know, medical dental vision coverage is pretty great. Mm -hmm. uh, and tuition reimbursement as well. So yeah, um, I saw that. that's great. Awesome. So yeah, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you about next steps and what that looks like. So I'm going to go ahead and okay. I'm going to send your information over to the team. Uh, typically what I do is I meet with the team and the, the manager of this team about once a week with our um, weekly one-to-one. -one. And when we have a role open, uh, I'll go over the candidates that I've spoken to and, and, <clears throat> and then, you know, what we talked about and, and then, uh, so that meeting, it happens to be in a few days, few business days. So I should be able to get back to you in about four business days. If I haven't gotten back to you by then, feel free to reach out okay. and nudge me. Uh, and I'm happy to, um, you know, make sure that I expedite the process if I haven't gotten back to you at that point. And that's really all that I have for you today. I just want to turn it back to you and see if there are any questions that I might be able to answer for you. Um, sure. Uh, I love to get people's insight um, since you're on the ground ground floor of this establishment. Um, why do you enjoy working with XYZ Company? What yeah. keeps you there? That's a great question. So one of the things that's really important to me as a recruiter is that I have to answer to people all the time, um, the question, this question. And mm -hmm. if I feel like I have to be disingenuous with it, then it really gets, that's a point where I have to start questioning things. And so, right. um, and so because I have to answer that, there's a lot of evaluation that I put into my, how I feel and my feelings about how mm -hmm. I, how, about work. And I, I will say the culture is, um, it's a pretty caring one. I mean, you know, work, there's always you know, peak times of intensity, but, uh, but I will say that I, I've seen how this company XYZ company has reacted to, you know, this time during COVID and mm -hmm. being really supportive to families and people um, being really, you know, scared and, and, and really being able to provide support in different work environments while tr still trying to get their work done. And, mm -hmm. um, and it's been, it's really been eye opening to me, uh, to really see a company react in this way. And it's made me more, uh, of a Kool-Aid drinker, if you will. So I'm right. really, I'm really a proud to be an employee here. That's great. That sounds wonderful. I love it. Um, and then you've already answered my questions about team size and, uh, how that's all laid out. But I think the important thing for me is also culture, not just within the company, but within the team. It sounds like you guys have weekly one-on-ones, um, which is wonderful and something I, I look for. Um, but, you know, is there, what do you love about the, um, it kind of goes hand in hand with the other question, which is, you know, what do you enjoy about your particular team and how it fits into the grander scheme of, of culture within the company? Yeah, so uh, great question again. And when we do an annual, uh, we actually do two different surveys a year on employee satisfaction. And one of them is a little more thorough. And during that survey, 
repeatedly our head of our department and and the upper managers within that department are among the highest ranked or rated i guess employees uh, or leaders in the company mm -hmm. and so they're really highly respected uh in our team and also uh, when it comes to having internal mobility, we also rank the highest in that in that realm as well that we promote within. Um, we're really good about that in our own department and making sure that we're looking within before we're looking externally. So the fact that this role is open is actually says that we've already really kind of scoured and we've decided that uh, we need to open it up externally. So um, once you're in, it's just a really good um, place to be. Oh, that's great. Sounds wonderful. Um, I love the, the opportunity for advancement. I think that's really important. And it helps create a culture of, you know, growth as opposed to a culture of just staying there until you can find something better. <laughs> um, so that's for wonderful. Sure. That's great. I think that's all the questions I have today. Um, I'm sure I'll think of more, uh, you know, as we progress in the different stages. But for now, I think I, I'm pretty satisfied. It's really great. Well, Awesome. Well, thank you, Maria. I really appreciate your time today. It's mm -hmm. been fantastic to have you um, have your time. And I look forward to getting back to you. I should get back to you in a few days. And uh, yeah, and I look forward to it. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye-bye. Click. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay. So now we're going to do the post interview. Um, the first thing I just want to do first, Maria, is just ask you how you felt. It's a very foreign thing. I, I think I even felt and kind of fumbled a little bit. It felt a little <laughs> foreign. So I, um, and I've interviewed a lot. So right. I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to ask you, how do you feel it went? Um, you know, I think my heart is beating very fast, but also I, I think that's just the element of knowing that it's re being recorded. Um, but I think it went really well. I mean, for me, I think I get a little bit, um, I elaborate a lot and that can be a problem, but I'm also an, a literature major <laughs> in college, which means I'm really good at going from six pages to eight. Um, so I think I could work on that a little bit, but I think overall, um, the questions were really thoughtful. Um, they were definitely not your run of the mill questions. They were, but they had a nice spin to them that I, I really appreciated. Um, they were very personal, but also I think that my answers were pretty solid. I, I wish, you know, I'm grateful for the recording because now I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I write down those sound bites when I, when I go on my next interview. <laughs> yeah. Now you can just be like, if you want to interview me, just listen right. to this. <laughs> answers and yeah. 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 No, I think you did a really good job. And I, and just know it's, I'm not going to just say that. Like, I really, I really do feel you did. Um, <laughs> and I don't feel like you elaborate too much. So that's one of the things okay. I want to say right off the bat, uh, because I want you to understand that I don't think you do. I've I've interviewed a lot of people, and there there's there is a level of, I literally am starting to phase off, and yes. yeah, and that's yeah. not happening. Yeah, right. Oh well, that's great. I mean, because I think, you know, there are those times where you're sitting across from the recruiter, and you can like she just looks at you, and her eyes are glazed over. Like as an HR manager, I saw this a lot, where my recruiter is just like, I just want to get off this call. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> you know? yep. um, so I'm grateful for that feedback. Thank you. And, and open to any and all critical feedback because I think it's really important and will help me grow. Um, and that's why we're doing this. So yeah, thank you. So I have a couple of notes, but not a lot. Um, okay. So the, the first one I have is when I asked the question around, um, uh, 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 uh. Oh, what are the first things that you do in an in an organization when you come on board? Mm -hmm. So this is like a small, tiny, tiny note, and it's going to seem silly that I even brought it up. And I think you actually like made up for this later, which is this is, but it it did cross my mind, so I'm just going to say it. Um, when you when you the org chart first, I think that's cool mm -hmm. that you do, but it would be but the reason that you do it, I can tell from what you said later had to do with more of the people aspect. And it because you are coming right. into the people field, people I am telling you, like they want to hear right off the bat that you're gonna go and meet the people. And right. so I know that that's um 
I know that that's what that tied into, but I think just kind of mm -hmm. saying that maybe, I don't know. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense because it sounds very clinical at first <laughs> to be honest. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, I want to look at like how this is laid out so I can understand it. But I, I think leading with the people aspect first, like you said, is, is the key part. So that's great. And not that we want you to be or have be different than you are, because we want your your answers to be genuine. But I know I could tell that the way you because you finished that answer with the people side. And I, I was like, I wish you would mm -hmm. kind of push that to the <laughs> forefront a little bit more. Um, the the other thing is uh, when I asked about. Um, oh, when I asked the question about when a manager leaves and you went into your process, one of the things I was really looking for was to hear something about the the business. And what I mean by that is mm -hmm. um, is we care about the people aspect and the detriment that that's going to mm -hmm. have to the people. Obviously, that is that affects the business massively. But there, but that kind of turns into the workflow. And I think that's one of the, the right. main things that like we have um, that causes our need in HR is to make sure we're ultimately there to help with the the people staying on track so that the workflow stays. And I think that's one of the things I was kind yeah. of like hoping maybe if we could get there. Um, the another thing is, is, and this is just me being, I don't know, maybe a feminista, but I, um, I think when when we went into the piece where you were or I was saying your boss left town and, she, you know, <sighs> she was supposed to sign some documents. I really didn't want you when you were like, and I would apologize to her. And I was like, no, in my mind, oh, I, I was like, yep. yeah, <laughs> it was like, no. The second I said it, I was like, why would I apologize? This is her fault. Yeah, I was like, don't apologize. No, I was like, never. Yeah. No, but I appreciate that. I think that's true. I think that uh, especially for people who are people pleasers, I've worked very hard to get out of that that pattern. It's it's really important to just own and know where your boundaries are. And that includes what you're responsible for. And you're not, I wasn't really responsible for her leaving town without signing it. Um, unless there was something else I could have done more, uh, like been a little bit more high pressure uh, or something of that nature. But I think you're right. I think it's too, all too often we, we take the, the blame, especially in HR and especially uh, for, you know, women. I yeah. do that all the time. It's taken me a long time to get out of the people pleaser mode. Oh, it's super hard. It's yeah. really hard. Yeah. Well, especially because your your job is in service to people. Right. And being right. HR. right. Yeah. Right. right. Um, no, that makes sense. And I, I definitely, one of the things that really came off the, throughout the whole experience interviewing you is that you have a lot of heart and care for people. And so that's one of the things that came off, even when you were saying things like, you know, it really comes down to the law, you still, the next question really, it really felt uh, th there was a warmth and stuff. So I wanted to let you know that that's really coming off and I really liked that. Yeah. And I, um, I could I got that you that you have a good balance between that people side but also for less of a that for a less better word to use the clinical side of right. HR you know the <laughs> yeah. dry paperwork side you know so you're you're able to do those things even if you don't love them um and yeah I also um I, I really liked that your heart came out. And so that's really just where I wanted to end and, and, and then flip it to you now and see, I wanted to see what your feedback is. I want to see what you thought about, um, you know, my interviewing you and what you thought about that. Um, well, thank you that, that to, to hear that my heart comes is coming out. Like that really means a lot to me because it's taken me a long time to get comfortable enough with HR to get that heart. Uh, in a healthy place where I'm not blubbering over <laughs> everything, but I'm also like, um, you know, embracing it when it when it does come out. Um, so thank you. Uh, I think you know, for me, I I first of all, I loved. I'm going to go backwards here. I loved your explanation of follow up. I cannot tell you how many times I've been so excited about a role and had it be like, okay, so they'll get back to you by the end of next week. Um, before COVID, I got a response back almost every single time. 
that was like, okay, well, we, you know, we're moving forward with another candidate. Something happened, and I, I think it's it has to do a little bit with, you know, the fact that we're, I think somebody, oh, there's been a meme about this of, of uh, you know, we're all working home at a time of crisis. We're not just working from home, but something has happened where people are forgetting to follow up. And for me, not knowing exactly how it's laid out and your willingness to be nudged if I didn't hear from you allowed me to then say to myself, okay, that's great. I can follow up and take action on my part. And then I don't feel so powerless after like this is all said and done. Um, and so that was really great. I really appreciated that because I think that's something that we don't get enough of from recruiters and granted everyone's working slimmer. Like, uh, you know, everything is running really slim right now, but I think that part of it is so important to applicants. Um, and I haven't been perfect at it either, so I understand, but it still kind of hurts. Oh, yeah. Um, Good, I I'm also, glad. <laughs> I also really uh, appreciated just, they, they were, like I said before, they were typical questions, but you put your own flavor to them. And I think that's really important, especially as we're getting people back up and running and getting, you know, recruiting people, uh, you know, if companies have stopped recruiting, getting them back up and running, because people are going to be in a lot of interviews, you know, they're going to be in the same things and they say the same things and that's helpful. But at the same time, it's nice and refreshing to have somebody ask me questions that are, you know, a little bit more situational or a little bit more, um, not just clearly reading off a paper and sounding like a robot. So I think that your your personality and your sincerity in, in, in wanting to give fair questions or questions that really related to me, um, that was really, that was really great um, because I think it, it does make it so that you're, you're not just rushing through this phone interview to get to the next one. Um, and so that, that really shone through a lot. So those were sort of my two big points. I didn't really, I don't really have any complaints. I mean, I'd love to be critical, but I don't really, <laughs> as far as like recruiting goes, I think you've got it. Like, and, and if that's insulting, I'm sorry, but, um, but you know, I think you really have, uh, you show your mastery of recruiting. And I think, you know, practicing this, uh, it will only make it that much stronger um, because it all does come down to practice. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I do encourage criticism, just so you know, or you know, just so I say I don't want you to yeah. feel that you can't. So I hope that if you have something yeah. you're hanging on to, that maybe you can put it in there. But yeah, I mean, I think I think I would have loved to go into you know my personal like experience, but. Again, you did that. You got there by taking another avenue instead of saying, uh, "Tell me about your your career." Like nobody wants to hear that. Like nobody wants to hear about my my time in the trenches. Really. Um, so I think you got there without asking the run of the mill question, okay. which I think is wonderful. Um, and I think you were very clear. And I don't. I mean, everything else, the job description, I promise you, I am, I'm a critical person and I'll do it lovingly, but I don't really have any like, oh, you did this wrong or, oh, you didn't do that right. Um, I think you really nailed it on the head. Well, thank you. I or hit the nail that. on the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a very foreign thing to do. And I, this is the first time. So, you know, I, Maria, I really appreciate you. I, I I feel like I like we shouldn't be using the word brave anymore because I don't want to like be downplaying that. But you know, I do really appreciate kind of venturing into a foreign terrain with me and and trying this out and um and yeah, it's 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 a different experience. And you know, I know there was a little improvisation and you know you had a little bit of butterflies, but. I think this was a success and I really just wanted to thank you one more time and give you a round of applause from one person on one end of a mic. Oh, well, thank you, Kristen. It was really, you know, I, it's not something I would do normally. I do love attention. Um, but <laughs> it's not something I would necessarily sign up to do. And I think w as we venture out into this new world, that is the new normal and, and networking in different ways. I mean, 
somebody tagged me in your post and asked you was like we just were talking about this and i did i just said yes and i think that that's really the key to um venturing out into this new world and being open to these experiences and i'm so grateful that you're open as well because i think that it's going to be a great tool for people and it's a great tool just for us like you know be a little bit selfish with it like it, it was great to get this practice in um but it's also great to be able to you know give this out to people to your audience and say hey this is what we're learning and um so i'm really really grateful and hopefully you know we can do this again <laughs> i might call you before my next one um but For you sure. know I, it just it's just really great and i think that the key is just being open and being honest with where i'm at like i'm i don't think i'm doing perfect interviews but this is a step in getting in the right direction and i think that's a really you know, a, a good way to look at this whole project. So thank you for putting yourself out there and doing the work, the, your outlines, your emails, your, just your time. Like, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I'm just really, really grateful that we've gotten to know each other and, and hope we can continue to in the future. Yeah, of course. And I, I really appreciated this. And I, you know, you, you have one, there's one last thing I just came to mind. I feel like it's within my heart and I just got to say it. And that's, this is a really difficult time to be looking for a job. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things that I know, both as somebody who has been a job seeker and somebody who's been on the other side as a recruiter is when the economy is really rough on the job mm -hmm. market, it it can really weigh on your heart and soul and your confidence in ways yep. that should not. And mm -hmm. um so I just want to get that out there to people and anybody who might be feeling down or maybe, you know, maybe there are, you know, people who, who might be feeling like they might be not interviewing well. And really it's just, there's a plethora of people all at the same time looking for a role. It's just harder to stand out just because there are more people. And, and then when you, more rejections come, it just, there's no way to psychologically take that without it feeling like it weighs on your heart and just mm -hmm. don't let that get in the way and just keep going. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. That's yeah. It's, it's not personal, it's business. And I think the right thing opens up when uh, the time is right. It sounds cheesy, but it's really, that's the bright star here is that like things work out. Also we're in the middle of a pandemic among other issues that are very important. So, you know, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. And, and thank you for that reminder. I'll, I will take that with me. Uh, and I hope your audience does too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Maria. I really appreciate your time and you have a wonderful weekend and rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Connect later. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. I hope you gained some valuable insights from today's episode of The Job Interview. I'm looking forward to bringing you more interviews and content. For more information on The Job Interview podcast and my other podcast series on meaningful stories that affect women, that life, and work, please visit thebossysauce.com.